Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. In-depth. How China's biggest academic library got shrouded in copyright disputes. By Ge Xinghang, Wan An, and Bruce Shen. Published in Tsai Xin Global. Narrated by Jenny McKenzie. At 89, Zhao De Xin should have been enjoying his retirement after a successful career as an economic historian, but for the past three years, Zhao has waged a legal battle against China National Knowledge Infrastructure, CNKI, a digital library, after discovering that they had acquired over a hundred of his research papers without his consent. It was a lopsided fight, with the odds against Zhao. The CNKI has over 200 million research papers and owns 95% of copyrighted academic papers written in Chinese. This gives the CNKI near-monopoly power over China's digital resource publishing industry, where it holds bargaining power over both academic journals and researchers. But Zhao did not cave in. Over 150 hearings later, he scored a resounding victory in court, which ordered CNKI to pay Zhao 700,000 yuan, that's $110,000 in compensation. Zhao's case was highly publicised and spurred a litany of lawsuits against CNKI from aggrieved researchers, writers and essayists, including prominent figures such as Su Xiaozhi, a former professor at Zhongnan University of Economics and Law, and Chen Yingsong, a novelist. These lawsuits accused CNKI of pirating their works. This has placed the once invincible CNKI in the crosshairs of not only the course of law, but also the course of public opinion. Becoming a publishing behemoth The idea for CNKI was conceived in 1999 by Professor Wang Ming Liang as part of a Tsinghua University project, according to the library's website. By aligning itself to fit China's national goal of realising wider knowledge and information sharing in society, CNKI was able to garner support from the Ministry of Education and the Ministry of Science and Technology. The combination of initial government funding and the subsequent transformation of Tsinghua Tongfang, its parent, into a publicly traded company, provided CNKI with ample capital to grow. Jiang Han, a librarian at a university based in Wuhan, recalled that the digital publishing industry was once equally divided between CNKI, Wanfeng Data Co. Limited and Chongqing VIP Information Co. Limited, But CNKI dwarfed its rivals after 2005, she said. At the centre of CNKI's profit machine are its comprehensive Chinese-language databases, which include academic journals, graduate and doctoral dissertations, full-text newspapers, working papers from conferences and symposiums, among other resources. In other words, CNKI makes money by classifying and digitising newly published research papers first, said Zhang Chao, who worked in its editorial department between 2014 and 2017. CNKI's cost structure involves royalties to authors and labour costs, Zhang explained. 
It pays editorial staff on a per-piece basis and then sets a price for article purchase by users. This business model has been effective. In 2020, CNKI achieved 1.16 billion yuan, that's $182 million, in operating revenue with a gross margin of 53.93%. But many authors, who are now suing, have not received their dues. A broken chain of authorization. In the past 20 years, CNKI has received over 1,700 lawsuits, most of which concern infringement on copyright and the right to disseminate intellectual property over information networks. The number of lawsuits peaks in 2015 and later in 2021, when Zhao's victory over CNKI galvanised the academic community. A number of journals told Kaishin that the author's remuneration from CNKI was meagre and close to zero. The deputy editor-in-chief of a journal at Tsinghua University complained that the royalties CNKI pays his journal translates to less than 60 yuan per piece published. According to CNKI's submission guidelines, authors of doctoral dissertations included in the database are compensated with 100 yuan in royalties and a 400 yuan CNKI gift card. For authors of graduate theses, it's 60 yuan in royalties and a 300 yuan gift card. Several graduate and doctoral students confirmed to Kaishin that CNKI has not paid them after including their works in their databases. So, how did CNKI get away with it? There are two reasons. The first is that the platform bypassed researchers by directly signing deals with publishers, which authorised CNKI to edit, digitally reproduce and make public the articles that the journals have published in print. Take one of Zhao's papers, which was first published in Researchers in Chinese Economic History in 2011, and later acquired by CNKI databases. Zhao sued CNKI in 2019 for circulating and selling his paper without seeking his consent. In its defence, CNKI said that it had obtained permission to reproduce Zhao's work from the journal's editorial board, and that the journal had acknowledged its partnership with CNKI in their submission guidelines. The court ruled against CNKI, as it had never obtained Zhao's authorization in writing. According to court opinion, the submission guidelines did not license CNKI to use Zhao's papers, because it had not specified the effective dates or geographic areas in which the license would apply. Even if a journal had signed a copyright license agreement with an author before it authorised CNKI to reproduce their works, the contract could still be invalid if it lacked a fair consideration paid to the author, said an intellectual property law professor at the East China University of Political Science and Law. Second, and perhaps most importantly, the sheer size of CNKI means that it can affect a journal's readership and a researcher's citation ranking. Thus, scholars, however unwillingly, jockey for acceptance into the CNKI databases. Journals depend on CNKI to expand their influence, so they cover to deal with the platform even if it pays them nothing, lamented Sun Jin, director of the Centre for Competition Law at Wuhan University, adding that an author's work would most likely not be selected by a journal if they refused to grant CNKI a copyright licence. Controversial pricing As authors and journals press CNKI for fair compensation, universities have been grumbling about the rising prices of datasets. In 2016, the Wuhan University of Technology claimed that the cost of its annual subscription increased 132.86% between 2000 and 2016. 
As a result, the university briefly suspended student access to CNKI before renewing its deal with the platform after a two-week negotiation. As subscribers to the CNKI datasets, schools have very little influence over their pricing. Jiang noticed that CNKI is guilty of bundling, whereby the platform adds new datasets to its subscription package every year to justify raising prices. Her library has tried to purchase the datasets separately to no avail. Some schools were luckier. The deputy director at the Zhongnan University of Economic and Laws Library told Kaixin that their CNKI subscription fee topped 1.1 million yuan, that's $172,000, in 2021. CNKI has demanded more, but the university bargained the price down. CNKI's soaring profits have invited calls for antitrust action against the firm. However, experts disagree on whether the platform has violated anti-monopoly law. Some argue that CNKI is a type of public utility, as its name suggests, and therefore holds natural monopoly over its service, much like electricity and water companies. Others see it as a profit-driven firm that falls under the scope of anti-monopoly regulations. The government laid the groundwork for CNKI, and now it is charging users a high price. How is that reasonable? Sun asked. Still, he advocated competition over intervention. The government, he suggested, should subsidise smaller academic databases and let the market drive the price down. The underdevelopment of China's publishing industry is also to be blamed for CNKI's dominance. Currently, most Chinese academic journals are public bodies that live off government subsidies, which means that they have few incentives to expand their readership and advocate for underpaid authors. And, because they are affiliated with individual universities instead of an umbrella academic organisation, journals had to be collectively digitised and disseminated by a third party, like CNKI. This separation of print and digital publishing has complicated copyright licensing. Chen Mingtao, an attorney who has pursued claims against CNKI, urged the government to step in and protect the interests of researchers. It is critical that regulators press CNKI to change its business model with threats of punishment. This is the only way to force CNKI back to the negotiation table. So far, though, government inaction has left few options for helping authors.